0: Welcome to the Throne Bows Radio Hour here on BFF.FM. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Eli. I'm your host. we got a special episode tonight. We're joined by Portland singer-songwriter Jeffrey Silverstein, who will also be joining us on March 24th at Milk Bar. He sat down with me to chat about his, his latest release, his inspirations, his past in the Baltimore music scene, as well as our upcoming show at Milk Bar on March 24th. It's going to be a great one. We had a nice little chat, so stay tuned for that coming up later in the hour. What you just heard was the latest single from Pendant called Static Dream off his upcoming record Harp. Crazy crazy music from that guy, very different from from his previous releases, but I am here for it. Really stoked to hear what this record has in store. Let's uh let's keep moving with some more new music here is dead with their latest single, Bad Love. You just heard Girlpool's latest single, Dragging My Life Into a Dream, followed by a brand new one from Oakland's own, Credit Electric. You can catch them on March 24th at Milk Bar with Jeffrey Silverstein and Michaela McVie. Speaking of, let's dig into that combo we had with Jeffrey earlier this week. And uh, apologies in advance for the poor audio quality. I'm in the process of moving, so didn't have my mic set up, but I think you can hear everything all right. So let's uh, take a listen to that now. Welcome to the to the and Bows Radio Hour, Jeffrey Silverstein. Thanks for, for coming on and chatting with you, man.
1: Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you might pick up some of my cat uh, purring or the collar jangling. Uh, uh, no worries. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Uh, this is our older cat, Veda. Uh, and then
0: we have another cat named Willoughby. Uh, so, yeah. Nah. <laughs> so, you are a Portland based singer songwriter. Are you? Are you from the Bay Area? Were you playing here before? I've played
1: under my name in the Bay Area one other time, but uh, I'm originally from. I grew up in New Jersey and then went to school and lived in Baltimore. Um, stayed in Baltimore for a bit, and that was kind of where I was first um, in the band. That was you know touring and um, kind of figuring out how to do all that, and it was like a really exciting time to be in Baltimore during all that it was kind of like the early days of, of Beach House Dan Deacon Future Islands Wyoke. I mean it was really kind of remarkable to kind of like get to be kind of in the mix you know and, and perform yeah. with some of those
0: artists and then um, then was there like a strong scene yeah. with all those artists as well like locally
1: yeah there was this
0: whole like
1: uh, the art school the art school there Micah definitely kind of like had a pretty strong hold over kind of really more of the kind of like warehouse. You know, there was just like a lot of, uh, there was this kind of pretty famous building called the Copycat, which is where a lot of kids that were going to Micah or a lot of artists and musicians lived. And so there was always um, kind of really wild shows happening. And there was also something that a lot of those bands were a part of, it was called the Wham City Collective. Um, So anyway, but yeah, so I was in, a band out of Baltimore for a while and then moved to New York that band kind of came to a close was in a duo out of Brooklyn for kind of the last couple of years that we were in New York and then yeah so my wife and I lived in Brooklyn for about six years and been in Portland for about this summer will be five years and I would say uh, this is where Portland is where I really kind of started to perform
0: and record and, and
1: uh, release things under my own name
0: gotcha yes. yeah it's I, I asked because i saw your your twitter handle is future myth and i i booked a band called future myth quite some time ago now what really, it, if that was if that was you or not um it's funny you mention that because
1: that's us that's, that's actually a uh, name of an Akron family song which is like one of my favorite bands of all time and okay. it's kind of and it's kind of wild because the drummer of Akron family I, I live now very close to he's drumming live with me as much as possible and
0: oh awesome plays on
1: uh plays on a record that I just finished but um uh, yeah it's the name of name of one of those tunes <laughs> okay gotcha is he gonna be um, on drumming on this tour he won't be, he won't be drumming on-, on this tour um, uh-huh. The guys that I'm that I just finished making a record with, so Dana um, Barry Walker, who plays phenomenal Pimple steel player. He's you know playing with Rose City Band. He has a phenomenal project with his wife and a couple other people called Mouth Painter here, who are also on the same label as me, uh, Arrowhawk Records. Um, and then my buddy Alex Chapman plays bass with me, and he's a, just I can't even keep track of how many other artists he he plays with, but. Um, I try to lock those guys down here as much as I can. You know, it's like uh, we all have multiple jobs and multiple projects and the scheduling part is hard. I think that's just part of it. Part of it. You know, as you get a little older, people have families and, and things like that. Um, so that's kind of like my, my Portland band, I would say, for the time being. And then on this tour, it'll be one of my absolute oldest and best friends, Chris Musioli. Uh, drumming. He was the drummer of the band I was just speaking about uh, at Baltimore. So it's kind of cool. I'm kind of like, now that we're both on the West Coast, I had kind of had this neat opportunity to like, for us to play music together again. I was down in LA at the end of October um, performing, and it was the first time that we played music together in probably, you know, like 10 years or something. So it was like, just really cool, kind of like looking at each other. So much time had passed, but kind of none at all too (laughs)
0: right that's awesome Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that you have you just finished a a record yeah yeah um so
1: i've recorded the past this most recent one which you know given all of the many challenges that come with you know putting a record out um, I don't, I don't have too many details around like when I'll announce that one, but I recorded it um, at the same studio that I put out, uh, the previous two releases with, uh, the EP from last year, my first full length, you become a mountain, which came out in 2020. Um, so my buddy Ryan Oxford plays in a band called here at a foreign called Bamba, who are, um, Mm -hmm. incredible. And, um, Ryan seems to just be the kind of like epicenter of like good music <laughs> happening in Portland. And his studio is like this really kind of perfect middle ground between. It has all the things you need and some really special stuff to the space, but it's not like so overtly fancy. So you just really feel like you're making a record, but you're also just like really just hanging out. It feels very like community. Driven. And so I've just felt mm-hmm. really comfortable there. And it's nice to have kind of like, I keep building because it's kind of like I've, I've found people that I really trust and love playing with and working with here. And I think I'm kind of like just like building on that trust and those relationships, plus simultaneously kind of welcoming new people in. Like playing, I, I normally the past couple of releases have been just more like drum machine. So this record will be the kind of first like full band record you know, uh, with, awesome. with the, with the addition of
0: Dana on drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And I definitely, I, I want to talk about Tori Gates, your, your last EP. I mean, but before we dig into that, what, sure. you know, with, with this new record that you, you just locked in, what have you been kind of listening to? Like what's been inspiring you as you, as you wrote it and recorded it?
1: Um, it's kind of just like, Mm, That's a good question. I would say it's like kind of just another continuation of me getting like like kind of even deeper into both kind of like instrumental and perhaps ambient music while simultaneously also like really starting to dig deep on kind of like country and country funk Mm -hmm. and things like that and just um, so Yeah, I just, uh, I have like a a radio show and I I DJ out a little bit. A lot of what I play is kind of that, like, I don't know, loner folk, psychedelic folk, you know. um, It's actually, I don't know. It's so funny. I just got this in the mail today. So here's something I've been listening to a lot of. um, But uh, yeah, and then, I don't know. I think I kind of go through seasons where, I'll be more in just like a, not necessarily like playing guitar as much, but just kind of like listening to a lot of music and writing down words and phrases and collecting kind of smaller ideas. um, I mean, I don't know. I kind of normally like given my teacher schedule, you know, certain breaks or summertime is when I feel like I wind up actually having the mental space to write in a way that feels
0: like meaningful and like that I'm not just like, kind of like squeezing it in right yeah and you you flashed the the rye cooter record there i I haven't dug into him too much but i have been searching for the the paris texas soundtrack for for quite some time is that and and definitely like listening to your previous work it has that kind of cosmic country feel to it is that a lot of what you're inspired by in general
1: it is. And I think that's become, it's like weird. Cause I think like there's been this influx, I think of just like artists incorporating, you know, pedal steel into their sound or mm-hmm. like almost, I guess a little bit more kind of like, I think country is I feel like almost like creeping a little bit more into indie again. In, totally. in really, and I think some really kind of interesting and inspiring ways. So, um, yeah, I do listen to a lot of that music and, um, there's that record, uh, I think it's called Cosmic Partners, and it's Michael Nesmith, uh, who, you know, sadly passed recently with mm-hmm. Red Roads, and um, I don't know, he kind of just talks about, like, like almost like, why would you only make, like, traditional sounds? Like, why wouldn't you try to, like, just open, you know, kind of, like, open your mind up uh, a little bit? And that's kind of, I think, what that music represents, is, like, just... Different entry points to
2: like singer songwriters. Yeah. We already did this. I was overland touring in my new Ferrari at just about a hundred and ten. On the way home from a sophisticated party where I got a little drunk on gin. As the headlights cast a glow on the road, I heard a voice inside of me said, "You lost the light, and now you're moving through the night." I was with bent over with a kiss and put a jeweled hand on my knee I knew I'd lost delight and I was moving through the night, running from the grand on whee, running from the grand on whee.
0: Um so your last EP it's called Tory Gates came out in twenty twenty-one, right? Coming out, coming on about a year ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh April of okay. 2021, yeah. Nice. Where did you get
1: the name for that? Funny enough, you know, it's kind of, like, marks a like, kind of, like, a spiritual passageway from kind of, like, one world to another, or kind of, like, the physical world to more of the spirit world. And
0: it Comes from Japanese culture,
1: right? Yeah, um, which is something I'm, like, definitely interested in, and I think then it just, you know, it was earlier, and uh, I don't know, I was writing these songs and also just during, you know, really trying to avoid it being like, oh, this was like a pandemic release, but to some degree it was, and just feeling like, I think everyone was kind of like, feeling like, oh, when is, I don't know, when is the next thing going to happen? Or more just a feeling of like, feeling ready for a change, but not knowing what the, incident or the impetus of that change, you know, what's gonna kind of bring it. Um so I don't know, yeah, I just became interested in that copy and then and then I just felt like once I kind of I think for me having a song title or an album title is really something that kind of an album title I think is what starts to like really help me hone in on having a little bit more of a clear artistic vision and kind of being able to like communicate oh well now this is how the song fits into that world and some of the images I hope to kind of bring to mind with certain songs are are lyrics and things like that and sometimes a song title I think a lot of people ask musicians right like how do you know when a song is done and honestly, sometimes it's like, well, just give it, give it a name if you haven't already. And I, I think that can kind of help um, just tie, you know, tie things together. But um, yeah, then just started kind of noticing them, you know, different, different places and or just entryways to people's gardens around town.
0: Um, right. Yeah. It definitely feels like, you know, not, not to get too corny, but the, the mm-hmm. music on that record definitely feels like you're entering a more spiritual place your, your music has definitely a a dreamy tone to it and you know i i think it's it's fitting that you're a portland artist because it sounds like the pacific northwest in, in spirit in a way yeah and
1: i don't I mean that's just i'm happy to hear that and i definitely take that as a as a compliment i think um being out here has been good to us and a lot of different ways. And um, I think, I, I think I, you know, I've had a lot of different music experiences. Um, I've just done this for a really long time. And I think before you do like anything of value, you have to make a lot of really bad things. Like I've written plenty of bad songs. I've played plenty of bad shows. I've played to nobody, you know, like, and I think all of those things matter. And I just think that like the fact that I have never really stopped, like more or less, so that kind of just stuck with it as I think part of what has allowed me, I think over the past few releases, even though performing under my name is still like very new and scary. And I feel like I'm just at the start of something now. Um, I do think that all of those and then plus kind of moving to a place that started to really feel like home and just aligned with what we, you know, my partner and I were kind of looking for, I think all of that, I think has allowed me to perhaps write with a little bit more clarity and and, um, perhaps communicate more of like who I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think (laughs) that's, it's like the classic, you know, concept of failure being essential to success. And it really just, applies to everything especially art if you're yeah making something you know that you you want to be good you have to know what that is
1: yeah exactly and it was funny i i I write a newsletter called door at the top of your head that i put out every month and this i sent it yesterday and i realized that i think it was like nine years ago exactly i played a record release show for the band i was in baltimore and i was in my mid 20s and that band like it was going really well and, like there was cool reviews and pitch work and the New York Times and festivals and like but I was like really attached to that stuff you know I was like really wrapped up in like more of that and, and I just feel like I was so wrapped up in that that I didn't I didn't know yet like it was just so exciting to me and I was just like yeah this is like what it's all about I feel like I was just trying to get somewhere in a hurry if that makes sense with that project because mm-hmm. I started to get these little like hey this means that you're like doing good you know and I just think I have a very different version of like what's what matters <laughs> in regards to you know making art now and it took me you know a long time to, to get to that place and I still have a lot to learn but um, I think I'm like hopefully I, I think creating from a a different place.
0: Back then, did the yeah. desire to like capitalize on what was going right for you? Did you feel like it ever compromised your art in any way? I mean our band broke up after I could really show. And like oh, yeah. there was a lot of factors
1: involved in that, um, that I can look back now and laugh about. Yeah, at the mm-hmm. time it was like it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty brutal how of things, kind of all like came crumbling uh, i was simultaneously learning like because that project started as like primarily like my songs and then kind of like inviting others in and still with a little bit more of like oh these are jeff's songs and then it quickly grew. it was my first experience of kind of them being in a large band we tried our darndest six people so many different styles and tastes for it to be a little bit more of like other people bringing in ideas and more of a democracy and that, and like, um, I don't know. I just, I think I was just building my band's kind of leader skills and also then kind of starting to really figure out like, what is the type of music? Like I want to be making, you know? Um, so I feel like, yeah, it was really hard when it, um, you know, when it kind of came to a close, but then also, um, definitely gave me plenty of time to be like, yeah, well, well, like, what the heck, what the heck was that all
0: about? (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah. It's interesting talking to you now because you definitely have a, a sort of, a sort of calm in speaking about the music that you make and the process that you have in making it. And I think that that feeling is definitely reflected in your music. I mean, obviously your, your music can be classified as, you know, to dumb it down, vibey, or you know, you can call. I, I saw some some words online saying it's like bin, which I I can understand in terms of trying to find a a mass appeal uh, focal point sure, to, sure, to compare sure. it to. But I think there's just an inherent like relaxed quality to it. I mean, when I listen to it, I feel good. I feel relaxed. It's yeah. it's. Um, no thank you for saying that it's, it's
1: funny that like those are like words that sometimes i'm like dang it when is when are people gonna say that my music is like aggressive or <laughs> you know uh, but but the matter of the fact is is like i i like to listen to you know calming relaxing sounds um, and yeah it feels like music that i want to be listening to and want to be making um And that's the goal right there is to make you you want to listen to. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, like over the years, like people telling me that it's like brought them, you you know, that it's relaxing or brought them calm is, is wonderful. Um, I think the first like that, I think the first time my mom ever heard again, the band in Baltimore, like our first EP, I remember putting it on the car and in the car and I don't uh-huh. really know what I was expecting, but I think she just said like, Oh, this just sounds like yoga music. And like, I think then, and I think then I was kind of like, that's your response. Really? Yoga, right. yoga music. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but like looking back, I'm like, that actually is one. That's great. <laughs> yoga core. Yeah. Yeah. Fine with me. Uh, and there's <laughs> just, there's so many, right. In regards to just like, labeling or words of things i think we do kind of run out of, of ways to describe things so they're like calm yeah. soothing psychedelic I mean, ambient I, it's I, like you know it's it kind of and so it's it's nice that you know like i remember the guy that wrote kind of my the more recent bio that i have it was kind of cool or when i work with alyssa um, from arrowhawk records you know it's, it's nice that people are like oh well like what are words that you like don't want to be called, right. <laughs> you know, and I don't, what know. were some of those words? I don't even, I don't even know, honestly, like, I'm not really picky about that. I, mm-hmm. I care more about people hearing it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. you know, um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any ones where I'm like, please don't say that. I mean, I don't really think, my music especially now is necessarily like ambient nesse- necessarily yeah. there might be but um i don't know i'm kind of you kind of have to i don't know holding on to any of that stuff too tightly won't really won't really get you right. anywhere not any more productive. Me, ambient
0: productive music has such a different space to it it's it's just a whole like there's a difference between a, music being relaxing calming Versus it being ambient. I mean, yeah, personally, yeah. I, I don't enjoy ambient music too much. So for me, it's just like <laughs> too relaxing. Um, yeah, and sure. yeah, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't call wouldn't call your your music ambient. And something that strikes me about your songs, especially on the last EP, are the vocals and how sparse they are and kind of surprising when they come in. It's kind of it's <laughs> almost like a a little treat. Um, yeah, which I, I really enjoy. Yeah, I've always enjoyed
1: that in other artists. A really early example, I actually tweeted it just the other day, but like a really early example of that. um, One of my all time favorite bands um, and songwriters, Betiver from the Bay Area, Andy Kavick. The song uh, Been So Long, like it's just like a, it was was kind of like my, kind of really turned me on to all that freak folk stuff, but it's just like a drone a very simple rhythm and lyrics that just repeat and I think that and also Akron family um, would have songs and it's just like the same phrase um, kind of over and over again and uh, that was kind of big for me like realizing that you didn't have to like, you don't have to be overly wordy and I kind of like that like kind of what you were saying that like the lyrics are a treat and I think it's something that like as I'm becoming more comfortable and confident with my vocals. And I'm like, oh, well, how about, how about a couple more treats? <laughs> uh, you know, here in New
3: It's been so long, been so long, time has a way of knowing what we have having strong. oh it's been
4: so long.
0: me with this bill I mean it it all fit so perfectly and you're doing some other dates with Credit Electric right? Just the next night. Okay Uh, how how did you come how did you find the artist to that you wanted to play with for this one? So the when I played SF the last time I got
1: to tour which was just a solo tour I played at what was it, Hotel Utah, Mm -hmm. Um, and I played with Michaela, and was just, like, so blown away, and she's on a label out of Oakland, what is it, Uh, Long Road Society, and I just remember thinking that it was just, like, a really cool kind of scene that they had kind of happening, kind of more on that, like, cosmic country kind of stuff going on, too, so I was like, oh, that's neat, and I was just stayed in touch with her and I forget how I came across Credit Electric but just like right away I was like yeah like I, you know there's so much of that music that has a lot of things that that wrote me in really quickly and I think we were messaging on Instagram about trying to like go for some shows and then um, I think yeah I think it was just that um, and then so yeah to get and I think um uh, oh man, forgetting the credit credit electric band members' names, but I know the guitarist just played guitar with um, Michaela as well. So I feel like there's like a lot of like really cool kind of like crossover, and we've all mm-hmm. met in some capacity before. So yeah, it should right. be. Yeah, I'm really happy to be able to play two shows
0: together. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be it, it all fits so perfectly, and when when you get a bill like that. I mean, especially when just, you know, for the record, Jeffrey brought this this lineup to me. And so when that falls in, in my lap, I mean, that's, that's beautiful. Love it. Yeah, I know that it makes it a lot easier when people are like, hey, I
1: actually already have the people I'm interested with, too. It's, it's right. kinda, I yeah. know that it can be a harder starting point when it's the other way around.
0: So Definitely. I, I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's what I love about booking shows is finding those, those perfect bills. Um, and I think you really get to do that when you're working within the local scene and, and finding artists in your community to, to put together on a, on a lineup. But yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be a great one. thing I did want to ask about is I noticed that you, um, I saw you were a part of a Kenny Rogers tribute. Do you want to speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, so last year
1: uh, I worked, in addition to releasing Tory Gates, a big project of mine was curating um, a covers compilation to one of my Time favorite albums by a guy named Ted Lucas, who is no longer with us, He's a Detroit oh, yeah. musician. And um, so I was able to get like musicians that I just absolutely loved um, to cover the album. And it was like a really, his, his self titled album? Yeah. But that record is in like songs or lyrics, and then you flip it over and it's instrumental. So that was another kind of gateway of like, it doesn't have to be like one or the other, and then it's like, okay and that's also interesting because when he tried to originally release that album that was like too weird for people at the time they were like well what is it it should be one thing or the other you know they couldn't people right. then couldn't like wrap their mind around that anyway um the small label that i worked with to release that is called perpetual doom and they um my buddy lou uh, is just phenomenal and the out stuff from honestly at this point I can't even keep up there's so many releases it's all good Little Wings, other really cool cover comps Um, but then he was kind of simultaneously or maybe we connected first when he asked me to uh, do a Kenny Rogers cover and I wasn't I was I knew some of the other bands that were doing it and that got me excited I didn't really know a ton of Kenny Rogers music other than maybe you know a couple of the hits Um, so I just kind of like Spent. And I don't really do that many covers or like, um, it's a wonderful songwriting tool. I should really do it more often. But anyway, so I kind of just listened to a bunch of like greatest hits, Kenny gotcha. Rogers to land on the song I was going to do. Um,
0: did you yeah. discover anything about him while you were doing that, that research? Like, did you discover a, a greater appreciation for his music or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, I was like, I mean, I think again, I was just like, oh, I I can listen to this in a way that like, I really I can appreciate the songwriting and certain elements, not and not like, I think if I would have heard that music a long time ago, I might have lumped it into like a certain kind of like cornier camp or something, you know. Um, But then I I actually, I, you know, I was listening to it. So the song I did, I was like, oh, that's a Kenny Rogers original because it says Kenny Rogers, but I forget who originally wrote the, the tune. I did um, "Share Your Love with Me," but there—I mean—but the band does a version of that song. Aretha Franklin does a version of that song, and so I found out this afterwards, and I was like, "Shit, those those are some heavy <laughs> heavy hitters," and like here I am trying to cover it. Um, but You're both, a good company. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's a that's a nice nicer way to look at it than that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's a really cool. Cool tune, and uh, that was like a really fun experiment, and also just like remote recording. I recorded uh, a lot of the kind of like basics myself, and then everyone was still deep and just kind of like not gathering lands, you know. When we were when we were doing that, um, and was able to get my buddy Gabe, who plays in the band Wilder Maker from Brooklyn, to play saxophone on it too, which is really cool. So
0: awesome.
2: it's an ill wind that blows no
4: good
2: and it's a sad heart that won't love It's a heartache when love is gone, and it's bad,
4: and it's bad,
2: and you know it's even even sad, And it's a shame say if you don't share you're your love. must live on, in a world how lonesome, I know you must be, and it's a shame, if you don't share your love. Oh, yeah, it's a shame if you don't share your love with me.
0: With Jeffrey Silverstein, Portland-based singer-songwriter who will be at Milk Bar on March 24th with Michaela McVie and Credit Electric. Really looking forward to this show. Definitely grab your tickets now. You can get them at throwingbows.com. Um, Jeffrey, thank you so much for for stopping by and virtually stopping by and chatting with me. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. I really appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, it should be should be a fun night. Definitely. Let's uh, let's play it off with one of my favorite cuts from Jeffrey's latest EP Tory Gates. This one is called Trip Sitter.